The True Crime Society podcast contains adult themes and violence and is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the True Crime Society podcast with Stephanie and Olivia and Peep. I should give a meow, but it wasn't very loud. Back to meow a again. Best. <laughs> Do you want meow? Come on. Ah, see, she's here. She's feeling much better. It's been a week now since the traumatic event of having basically all of her teeth pulled out. She is doing real swell. She's back to her usual self, being a pest, being a nuisance. Wouldn't take any of her pills. Well, she took the first few days, then she was very difficult. <laughs> she figured but, it out. Yeah, she's back. Um, a few people messaged me and asked me questions because their cats also have to get their teeth extracted at some point. So for anyone who's wondering, they don't have to change their food. She just can't eat dry food for two weeks, so she can't have that again yet. But as far as wet food and everything, she's eaten that just fine. They said cats don't really like chew their food like we do, so... They just kind of swallow it. it. Down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so all that's been fine. She, her little tongue doesn't hang out or anything. I was wondering if that would happen like it does with dogs. <laughs> Our old dog, his tongue always hangs out when he sleeps now. Now that he's really old, he just always sleeps with his tongue hanging out. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I thought it would have been cute, but the tongue is in the mouth. And that's that. Good. <laughs> she came through it well. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't as bad as I thought. I mean, the first day... Two days was really stressful also because I was alone since Mike was on his bachelor party. Made it a little more stressful, but after that, it hasn't been too bad. I mean, I don't know how she feels about it, but she seems to be doing all right. Justine, well. Yeah. So anything going on with you? Anything exciting? Uh, not too much. Still pretty quiet here, which is quite nice, really. I've got book club tomorrow. It's been a while, so I'm excited for that. But I did RSVP to your wedding yesterday, so that's very oh, yeah, exciting. Yeah. I know it's coming around so quick. I think it's like just over a month till I yeah. have to fly out. But um, I, I was just saying to Stephanie yesterday, I found it interesting when I RSVP'd because you go through and it's it's all fancy now. It's got a QR code. It's very different from when I got married. But um, when you go in, you can pick your meal that you'd prefer at the wedding. Whereas I said to her, I've been to so many weddings and not once have I, like they will cater for dietary requirements. Like if you're a celiac or whatever, you know, if you actually have an allergy, they will cater for that. But not once have I ever been asked for a general meal preference. What they do here is, for example, if there's say beef and chicken, two choices, they'll just do an alternate drop. So if there's 10 people at the table to go beef, chicken, beef, chicken, beef, chicken, <laughs> you so don't get weird. a choice. <laughs> I just thought that's how it was everywhere. You just you get what you get. <laughs> no, I've always, every wedding I've been to, I've been, I've picked what I wanted or you like pick there unless it's like a buffet, but even if it's a buffet, you still like pick what you want essentially. I don't even think ever either here, like buffet weddings are not so much of a thing like I'm sure they happen but I've never ever also been to a wedding that's a buffet in Australia. I don't think I've ever been to one either I know they they're a thing but it's the whole alternate drop thing works out well when you're with a partner because then you can just swap maybe if you, if you don't want what you've got but yeah I, I enjoyed picking what I wanted to eat for once at a wedding yeah 
That's so weird. Like, even when you said it to me, because she messaged me and she was like, oh, yeah, we do like the the alternate drop. And I was like, I don't even know what that means. I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> and even like when I got married, they're like, yeah, they're everywhere. Like we looked at a few different venues and everyone was very specific. They're like, you get two or three choices, alternate drop. I'm like, yeah, okay. Like I just thought that was the wedding terminology that everyone used. <laughs> uh, maybe it's a thing in yeah, other must parts. Be. I don't know. It's interesting. I guess that way they know, you know. Well, because like the way that we do it, we have to. You have to do it when you RSVP because yeah. You, so at least they most have places enough. you have to give them like a count. Yeah, which makes sense. I don't know why they don't do it like that. Maybe it's just I don't know. Maybe prep is easier if they can split it up or something. I don't know. Yeah, interesting. Um, I don't know. Maybe other places in the the US do it that way. But I've never <laughs> heard of it. I'm sure people message me and be like, Stephanie, people do that. But personally, I've never Someone seen get mad it. about it. Had no idea. Yeah. But yeah, so it's all exciting. I've just finalized all my hotels and all that for the trip, so that's exciting. Where are you staying in the city? I, I don't remember. Um, so I will f- fly to LA and then I fly that same day to New York, so that's going to be a massive day. And then mm-hmm. stay in New York City for two nights <clears throat> and then we'll head up um, to kind of where the wedding is and we'll stay there Friday, Saturday, and then in the area until Tuesday. So And then back to New York for one more night and then back to LA for one night. So. <laughs> Big Fun. week. Mm, be good. I can't wait. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm also nervous though. I feel like like no one's going to come. <laughs> Everyone comes to a wedding. Everyone loves a wedding. I think on yeah. my wedding day, I had one person pull out and that was it. Out we, and we had a big wedding. We had 140 people or something like that. So, Well, because mine's um, only, mine's 50 people max. So like I've gotten like a few no's. So I'm already like, oh my God, <laughs> like it's only going to be 30 people. That'd be nice. Nice and intimate. We'll see. No, it'll be fun because everyone's pretty much like friends. So, well, that's good. Yeah. And I did want to say, um, because the last episode we recorded was men ending up dead in water and usually they were drinking. Oh, peep, you're clicking things. Get off the computer. Um, usually they're drinking and stuff like that. And like I said, Mike and his friends were on their bachelor party last weekend. And after living through, that aka just me at home and talking <laughs> to all the messages to mike and my sister's husband who was there of just like how everyone was just like drunk getting lost all this i was like i totally 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 understand how <laughs> drunk men just like wander off and yeah. fall into lakes and rivers because i was like <laughs> what is going on <laughs> like people were getting lost then they were just like it was a, it was a mess but that day i was like i get it <laughs> <laughs> I understand now. Yeah, I was like, it makes total sense. Mm-hmm. And then when I have my bachelorette party is in a couple weeks, and I bet, knock on wood, that it'll be much more well-behaved because <laughs> girls know best. We um, actually did have a message from someone who lives in the area and has listened to the podcast, and basically it just reiterated what you said. It says, Rainy Street is a very, very popular area for going out in Austin, mainly for college and younger people. It's always packed, especially when the weather is nice um, and people get absolutely wasted all day and night. So I feel like yeah. that the alcohol does play a massive part in what's happening there, I think. And I feel like when you just go to places like that, because it's probably like a lot of tourists or college kids, and when you go to areas like that that are just lots of bars next to each other meant for going out, like you just go harder than you normally would a lot of the times. Yeah. In the episode two, I think we spoke of at least two men who were actually tourists to the area. They were there on holiday. Mm -hmm. It might have been three men. Um but, yeah, so people who aren't familiar with the area, wander, get lost, combined with alcohol, maybe drugs. Yeah. I can yeah, see even if you're from, happen. like, local 
ish. Like if I go to New York City, which isn't a huge trip for me, but like I'm still going to be like, wow, look at all these fun places to go that are more exciting than my home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can so be I feel like people familiar-ish get with an area, but still not know every single detail, every single trail, every single road, those, those types of things. Yeah. And you just feel like you have to like make the most of it, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, so that episode came out today. Actually, someone also messaged one last thing, and then we'll get on with that. But because I had um, a poll on Spotify, because we can do that now. We have little polls and questions on Spotify. Um, And I put on there, like, do you think this is a serial killer or just like bad luck or coincidence? And someone said that that first they put serial killer, but then as they listened to the episode and like finished listening to it, they changed their mind. (laughs) (laughs) So... We might have convinced them a little bit. <laughs> yeah, she said she picked serial killer because it was the more exciting and interesting choice. But after hearing more about it, probably not the case. And um, just wanted to add too, if you, we have been posting a bit on our Instagram. Today's episode isn't the episode we were actually planning to do. Oh, yeah. We have an episode ready to go on three stalking cases, but we've been looking into this one for today and we thought we should push it forward because it's a very current case. So we slotted it in. Um, if you're wondering why this isn't the episode that we've been talking about on social media, that's why. Yeah. So we are going to be talking about Madeline Kingsbury today, which is a missing woman. Um, it's weird because it's not super big news, but like no. the people who are following it are like really, really following it. And a I lot feel of like there's there's been a lot of similar cases that have been massive, and for some reason this one just hasn't. It's it's kind of flown under the mainstream media radar, and even the kind of true crime social media radar. It's flown under. There is a smallish group of people who are very interested and very dedicated to the case, but in terms of like so I just can't understand why some cases get more attention than others. This has lots of similarities even to cases, say, for example, like maybe Suzanne Morphew, a few, you know, cases like that. But it's just interesting that it hasn't received much media attention. I wonder if it's because I mean, we could talk about this more at the end because it's kind of like a discussion point. But even for me with some of these cases like this now, because it's another one where, of course, like the ex-boyfriend, like the father of the kids seems kind of suspicious, is that like people are becoming desensitized to this because it's like, oh, another girl getting probably murdered or whatever by her partner. I also do think maybe part of the reason in this case is that there actually isn't a whole bunch of evidence in the case that has been made public. Whereas like with Anna Walsh, for example, there's a ton we know all about his Google searches and all that stuff. Whereas this, there's literally hardly anything that the police have released. So maybe that's why- they're not given much. Hasn't kind of captured- people's attention as much like obviously you know it, this is as worthy as any of the other cases to be covered and to be to be covered by the media but for some reason it doesn't have not. like that that headline spark yeah. factor there's no yeah. like one crazy thing yeah but it is interesting so we'll get into that one This morning, as officials try to piece together why a Minnesota mom would go missing, we are learning new details about the father of her two children. Maddie Kingsbury vanished two weeks ago, police calling her disappearance suspicious. In Winona, thousands have showed up to search for her. The leads that are coming in is unbelievable. We are actually getting hundreds of them. Um, We have a lot of uh, information that we're trying to process right now. Adam Fravel, who has a five-year-old daughter and a two-year-old son with Kingsbury, missing in that search. Fravel was recently served with a protective order, social workers placing a 72-hour hold on Maddie's children. 
In the document, police say Maddie is considered an endangered missing person and that when they arrived at the home, he became non-cooperative, taking one of the children in the house and locking the door while shouting expletives, eventually complying. The document also states that he does not have custodial rights. It's clear that this case, I think, is all tied to the custody and control of these children. If Maddie is gone, he would ultimately at some point, in his mind at least, have full custody of his children. Fravel has denied any involvement in Kingsbury's disappearance, writing in a statement this week, I want the mother of my five-year-old and two-year-old to be found and brought home safely. I want that more than anything. Madeline Jane Kingsbury, she's 26 years old. She went missing on March 31st and hasn't had any contact with friends or family since then. She went missing from Winona, Minnesota. Madeline goes by Maddie, and she is the mother of two children. Her LinkedIn says that she works as a clinical research coordinator for public health, infectious disease, and occupational medicine research at the Mayo Clinic, with a demonstrated history of working in human subject research, currently coordinating phase one and two clinical trials. Interesting job. Mm. Before that, she worked for Gunderson Health System in La Crosse, Wisconsin, as a patient service specialist and population health intern. She was working toward a master's degree in public health from the University of Minnesota School of Public Health. All according to her LinkedIn page, she has Facebook that is still up. Um, she has a lot of posts of her kids. Um, she posts on there amount. The last post, I think, was around March 26. So she went missing March 31. She just posted a photo of her daughter. Five years with Bub. Thank you for everything you bring to our lives. So she posted on there asking for some childcare recommendations. You know, there's just a normal Facebook, but it's all open. So you can kind of see her family and her life while it's still up. Yeah. A lot of public posts. On Mother's Day 2022, she wrote on Facebook, being a mother has been my greatest adventure. I could have sworn they were little, both newborns on my chest yesterday. Happy Mother's Day to all of you mamas out there. Um, Her daughter was five when she disappeared and her son was two at the time. The father of the two children is a man named Adam Fravel. According to his LinkedIn, Adam is a software engineer who lives in Winona. His page says he offers advertising and web media services on contract. On his Facebook, he's posted some pictures of their kids and Madeline and her mother have liked some of those posts. Um, So the day that Madeline vanished was Friday, March 31st. And this is a confirmed timeline of what happened that's out so far. Madeline and Adam left the house with the two children around 8 a.m. They left in Madeline's 2014 Blue Chrysler Town and Country van and dropped the kids off at daycare. Madeline, and we're assuming Adam as well since they went together, got home around 8.15. And Madeline was texting with her sister Megan at this time. In an interview since then, Megan, the sister, said, She was like talking about what they were talking about. She said the text was just laughing in response to a funny photo I sent the night before from a trip she and I took to Rhode Island last summer, and no one heard from her after that. And talking about the last time you spoke to Maddie, um, I know that there was a text message that was exchanged, uh, correct, where she actually laughed at a message. But if you want to amplify that, but also the last time you actually spoke to her on the phone um, and what maybe that conversation was about. Yeah. Um, yeah. The last text I got from her, um, was eight fifteen that morning of the 31st. And yeah, I had just sent her a funny picture the night before. 
and she was just chuckling at it um, the next day. And that was uh, the last I heard from her. As far as the last, um, sorry, the last phone call, uh, I had FaceTimed with her actually the previous evening um, with her daughter, Ellie. Uh, you know, they were in good spirits. They were about to be out the door on their way to gymnastics. Um, it was recently Ellie's fifth birthday. I'd gotten her a new um, gymnastics leotard, so she wanted to show me. Um, but yeah, everything everything was fine at that point. They were both normal, happy. So this literally came out of nowhere because we know that her wallet, her ID, her jacket were all found in the house, literally came out of nowhere. I mean, for anybody who's not familiar with this, if you can briefly explain why it is very unlikely that she just picked up and walked away and left her life. If you can tell us, she, I know you were close with her If you can, and are close with her, if you can explain why that's just not really a, a realistic possibility. Yeah, I mean... Um since Maddie had kids, um, you know, she's hardly been away from them for any length of time. Um, I think the longest that she had been away was her and I took a long weekend trip together last summer. Um, you know, that was like four days and that, that was the longest, but she'd never gone off on her own. I've never been without communication with her, even, even for a day for, for years. Um, you know, and she, she had plans for the near future and for years into the future as well. You know, she, uh, she was supposed to come to my house the next day with her daughter. If plans change in any type of way, I know like immediately from her. Um, and then as far as, you know, her future plans, I mean, she was in a, um, a rigorous grad student program at the U of M for public health you know, she was, she was looking for a new place to live. So she had plans and things that she wanted to do in the future. So she wouldn't have just left. Adam reportedly left home in the van around 10 AM. He told police that when he returned home later in the van, Madeline was not there. So this part, it was a little confusing to me, but I think I, I get what they're saying. It says between 10 a.m. and 1.30 p.m., police said a van matching Madeline's was driven on Country Road 12 and Highway 43 in Winona County and then southbound on Highway 43 through the eastern part of Fillmore County. The van then traveled back towards Winona on Highway 43 and remained in the driveway of the home from 1.30 p.m. onward. Police didn't say who was driving the van. I'm assuming they've kind of verified that by CCTV and, you know, things like that. So they're saying this is kind of the movements of the van, but they're not confirming that it was him who was in, who was driving it. Yeah, just the big time gap is what confused me, but I guess it's like they saw it driving back and forth in that area Yeah, between these times. So they're like, it was on this road, then it was on this road, then it was going back on this road because it's like a three and a half hour time period. I have read too that apparently the family only had one car. So when we say it was Madeline's van, I guess essentially it was the family's van. I don't know if that is 100% true, but that is what I have read and that is why he was apparently driving this car because he didn't have a car. Yeah, I haven't seen anything about another car mentioned either. So so then it's like that's the question is if she where did she go then? It's not like she had a car. Madeline was due to work that morning at the Mayo Clinic and she didn't show up. She also didn't pick up her children from daycare that afternoon. And I thought it was interesting because he left he left around 10 a.m. and she wasn't at work yet. Unless she well, worked later. 
yeah, I don't know, maybe like it's, it's th- this part of the timeline is a bit murky. Like I'm assuming maybe she was meant to start work after 10 a.m., but I wonder how she was meant to get there. Or, yeah. Like, I don't know. There's a whole bunch of unanswered questions, which I have never seen made public. But then he, all he said is basically when he got home at 1.30, she wasn't there. So maybe he assumed she'd gone to work. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's just weird. It's a weird murky timeline that we don't really know um, his kind of explanation for at that time. Yeah. That's kind of what we were saying at the start of where like there is a lot of information, but there's still a lot of gaps and kind of nothing for the media to like cling on to and make a headline out of yet. Yeah. But it's definitely weird. So after she didn't show up at work, she also didn't show up to pick the kids up from daycare that afternoon. Just like it would be a short work day. Like you're going in after 10, but you still pick up the kids at daycare in the afternoon. (laughs) I wonder like, and obviously this is all speculation, but I wonder if she was working remotely. I know that on her LinkedIn, she did write that she was looking for remote positions. So maybe when they say she didn't show up at work, she didn't log on. If that, that could have been an example of why she didn't need to leave the house. But Mm. I don't know, like maybe, like it wouldn't surprise me if that is kind of an explanation for that in these post-COVID times. Yeah. So her family tried to contact her throughout the day on Friday. They weren't able to get in touch with her, and they said that was really out of character. Her sister told Fox 9, We realized that night, Friday, that no one had heard from her all day, which is highly unusual. So that's when we started to have a growing concern. So we think the police were called to the house that day when they arrived. They found her cell phone, her wallet with her ID, and the jacket that she was wearing earlier in the day. Police also searched the van, but didn't say if they found anything in the van. So Madeline was officially reported missing the following day, April 1st. Friends and family began searching for her immediately. Um, That day at 2.25 p.m., the Winona Police Department made an appeal for information in the case. The post said, missing person, the Winona Police Department is seeking any assistance in locating Madeline Jane Kinsbury. Madeline has not been seen since the early morning of March 31st. If you have any information in regards to her whereabouts, please call the Winona Police Department. Um, And there's a really great Instagram account that has saved a bunch of information on this case that we've been following. So if you guys want to stay up to date with this this case, I recommend checking out that account. It's Mama Luhu. So it's M-A-M-A-L-O-U-W-H-O-O. She's got two highlights so far and there is a lot of rumors and a lot of kind of speculation in this case. So she saved a lot of that if you want to go and have a look and do a bit more of a deep dive into that side of it. This post that Adam, the father of the children, made is from her highlights that she saved. So his post, Adam, he said, if anybody has seen Madeline since 10 a.m. Friday, please contact the Winona PD, me or any of her family members. I see lots of misinformation already being posted. Maddie was at home with me from 8 to 1030, which is when I left to do errands. When I returned an hour later, she was gone. Please help me find the mom to our two beautiful children's. One kind of interesting thing about that post is he apparently edited it because he said, if anyone has seen Madeline since 10 a.m., apparently it originally said 8 a.m. and then he edited it to be from 10 a.m. So that's kind of an interesting edit. Yeah. And I mean, he, I guess they got home from the daycare at like 8.15. So maybe it was just like rounding down, but she wasn't home like the whole morning. Mm. So Maddie was at home with me from. 8 to 10 30 but then the other thing says that they went and brought the kids to daycare but that was like at eight so could just be nothing 
So the following day, April 2nd, the Minnesota Bureau of Bureau of Criminal Apprehension issued an endangered missing person alert for Madeline and released her description as five foot four inches tall, weighed 135 pounds, and has brown hair and hazel eyes. On Monday, April 3rd, Winona police gave more information, or they said she was last seen at her home in Winona. Madeline was supposed to show up for work that morning, but didn't. In addition, numerous calls and messages from friends and family went unanswered. Kingsbury was supposed to pick up her children from daycare that afternoon, but didn't show up or make other arrangements. All this is extremely out of character for her. Police asked for residents in Winona and Fillmore counties to check their property and video cameras for any signs of Madeline's van passing through or stopping. They also requested residents along Highway 43 to check for any signs of disturbance or other suspicious activities between 8 a.m. on March 31st and 4 p.m. on April 1st. It's kind of interesting timing because obviously she was last seen around 8 a.m. So um, I'm guessing, you know, because it yeah, took Yeah, like why them- specifically 4 p.m.? Yeah, then? I'm guessing maybe that's possibly when they set up more surveillance at the house or started to keep kind of a closer oh, eye like on it, possibly. When the police yeah. were called and stuff. Yeah. yeah, well, the police were called on. I know that they officially made her the missing person on 1st of April, so I'm assuming that at 4 p.m., by 4 p.m., something could happen f- for them to kind of have more control about surveilling the house. Yeah. Madeline's friends and family were making regular posts on social media, begging for her safe return and for information. Um, This post is from Madeline's best friend. They wrote, my very best friend is missing. It's not like her to go this long without being in contact with anyone. She would never up and leave her two young ki- her two young kids. I checked out her house last night after a very concerning message from her sister. Her van is backed in. Doors were locked. Lights were all off. I called the police. They couldn't find her in the house. She works in Rochester. If anyone has seen her in the area, knowing what I know about her life, this is not normal. And anyone who knows her will say the same. If you have any information, please call the Winona Police Department. I will not stop until she is found. I will not be quiet. I know her. I know she's not okay. Please share to get the word out. I will be canvassing Winona today if anyone would like to ride along. Interesting that Adam wasn't the one to call the police and report her missing, it seems. Yeah, there's like no information about what he was up to that day, which has me wondering. Where he thought she was. Yeah, like what I have she read was doing when he left. I have read they were essentially split up, which we'll talk about later. But you would think they were still living in the same house. Like there's no actual, um, like they were living in the same house. There were some rumors that one was moving out, or they were both moving out. But at the time, they were still living together. So you would think that you would notice if the mother of your two children just didn't come back. I just feel like any other time where there was a similar situation, whoever the last person was to see them and leave the house whether it was a lie or not would be like oh yeah she was uh, making breakfast when i left or mm. she was doing this when i left and everything seemed normal like even um josh powell said that susan was doing something when he left the last time like yeah what napping or making yeah. pancakes i don't remember yeah making pancakes with the neighbor and napping yeah yeah um and we also don't know what he was allegedly doing while he was out with the van yeah so then Adam's family also began posting their own thoughts. This is from Mama Luhu again. So Richard Fravel or Fravel is the dad. 
So Mama Luhu, she wrote on the post, it seems there's a lot of back and forth with baby daddy's family and police on the case thus far and things not being reported correctly. My guess is they're defensive because they're looking into baby daddy for all questioning since he was the last person to see her. And there's a screenshot of Facebook comments. Richard, who is Adam's dad, he commented on a post. I'm not sure what the post was that he commented on, um, said, this does not belong in Facebook at this time. Still personal family issue. Don't need everyone calling. Let us figure it out first. And then a member of Madeline's family named Stephen, he said, Hey, Richard, it's approved by the rest of her immediate family as well. Literally any means of spreading information that will lead to Madeline's whereabouts is 100% good to go. That's a big part of figuring it out. This was thought through. Richard replied to Stephen, said, I believe... They need the correct information before being broadcast. The police have been conversing with Adam. We need to be on the same page. And then someone named Kayla responded to Richard and said, what information in this post was not accurate? And Richard responded to her and said, timing. So interesting. Hmm. Um, It's like triggering to me when I see people say something like personal family issue. (laughs) Like, um, she's missing. Yeah, exactly. That's not a personal family issue. Unless, you know, obviously there are cases where someone, for example, is maybe, I'm not not suggesting this case, but like on a drug binge or something like that, when people know that's probably what happened and they want to kind of keep it under wraps, but it's definitely It's like he's fighting with her family, clearly. Like, yeah. And her family wants this information out. Um, so on April 4th, Madeline's children were taken into the care of social services. They were taken into care on a 72-hour hold after it was determined that Adam did not have custodial rights to the children, which is also interesting because it seems like he would have had to have somehow lost them or maybe gave them up. Mm. So that's another kind of red flag that there's not really much background information on yet. Police held another press conference on April 5th. They said Madeline's disappearance was involuntary and suspicious. They also said there is no evidence that Madeline left the home on foot or that she left in another vehicle. I feel like that's them like pointing the finger without pointing the finger. Yeah, well, they're saying basically the only way she did leave is in that vehicle, the van, and the only time it was driven is when he was driving around from 10 to 1.30 or whatever time it was. Yeah. They outlined info about the search to that date. They had conducted foot and vehicle searches as well as aerial searches and had also looked at nearby waterways. They also appealed to the public for help. Um, they said, we are asking that you search your acreage, wooded property, outbuildings, vehicles, and trails for anything suspicious that may help find Madeline. A large-scale two-day search was planned for April 7th and 8th. On April 7th, volunteers arrived at a local school and they were bused to designated search areas where they canvassed the area for four hours. Volunteers walked spread out in farm fields and along roads. Three hours after the mass search began, authorities gave a press conference on the progress of the investigation, but did not provide many details since it's an ongoing investigation. A second group of volunteers started searching at 4 p.m., and the same happened the following day. After the second day of searching wrapped up, police announced there would be no additional mass searches due to the large amount of ground that was covered in the previous days. 2,600 volunteers had covered a lot of ground. Police said they would now focus their efforts on targeted search areas. They said the search for Maddie is not ending and neither is the investigation into her disappearance. As we develop new leads and new search areas, teams of law enforcement officers will do targeted searches. We're not giving up and we want to thank everyone for their continued support for Maddie and her family. So, I mean, that makes sense. They probably searched the big general area very well. Now they're probably going to go off tips and wherever the investigation and evidence led them, which can't be shared with volunteers. Mm. 
So a petition was filed in court on April 6th regarding Adam and his care of the children. The documents allege that Adam and his family did not cooperate with officials and refused to permit social workers to meet with the kids. When he finally gave in and handed over the children, he wouldn't grab any belongings for them, meaning they left home with only the clothes they had on, which is awful and traumatizing. For yeah, the we think kids. how traumatized these poor kids are already by their mother vanishing, this kind of tug of war. Can't even give them their stuff. Yeah, tug of war with government agencies. And then, like, I just feel as a parent, if they, this was happening to me, I'd be like, okay, I'll get, you know, I'll get your blanket, I'll get all your stuff. Yeah, like Whereas, anything. Yeah, anything to give them a little bit of comfort. Like, obviously, you don't want to give them away to this and everything that's going on, but damn, like, at least try to make it a little bit comfortable for mm. them. Give them any little blankies they have, any little stuffed animals, clothes, pajamas they like. Yeah. Anything for just, like, an ounce of comfort. This is a little excerpt from the report. It's a little blurry, so bear with me. Um, it says, the children were located with father at paternal grandparents' residence, Social workers assisted law enforcement with executing the 72-hour hold. Once at the residence, father and his family became non-cooperative with officials and would not allow social workers access to the children. At one point, father took the youngest into the residence and locked the door despite being told that the children were in the care and custody of Winona County. While father was in the home with the younger child, social workers could hear the father shouting expletives. Social workers attempted to explain to father and his family what the 72-hour hold meant and attempted to encourage the family to be cooperative in order to aid in the transition for the children. These attempts were unsuccessful. Father and his family made multiple calls to father's attorney and at one point stated that the attorney advised them to take the children in the home so that they could not be removed. Officials on scene informed the family that they cannot obstruct this process. At one point, father's father mentioned that Winona County should prepare for a big lawsuit regarding this. What a dick. Mm. Eventually, father placed the children in the vehicle. One of the social workers attempted to assist the father with securing the children in the car seats, but father was not willing to accept assistance. Father ended up placing the children in the wrong car seats. Additionally, I like that they threw that in there. <laughs> Additionally, father was unwilling to gather belongings for the children. Therefore, the children left the home with only the clothes they were wearing. So what a traumatic experience for the poor kids. It's um, interesting because I've seen some comments online from Adam's sister and she's like, I'm the one who didn't get their belongings. Like, It's like she was kind of okay. trying to paint him in a better light. But according to that report, he was the one who didn't want to assist the kids. But either way, if she was like, I'm the one who didn't get them, yeah, he could have been like, oh, hold on, let me go get their their blankies and their pajamas and things and, that they like. And even in the comments I saw, she was getting roasted because they're like, well, why, even if it was you, why didn't you? Why wouldn't you go and get their things? Like, you know, this yeah. is clearly happening. These kids are in the car, go and go and get the few things for them to take. Yeah, like this is, I hate just, kind of like yeah. judging people in situations like this because obviously it's a crazy situation. Like no one knows how they're going to, react in situations like this but when you let your own ego and pride and stubbornness get in the way of your little minor young children's comfort and happiness just to like prove a point yeah. it's pretty messed up so on wednesday april 12th police released another statement they said they remained extremely concerned for madeline's safety they said we've had two goals since we learned maddie was missing 
bring her home, and if warranted, hold accountable the person or persons responsible for her disappearance. Releasing certain information about the investigation would jeopardize our availability to achieve these goals. We understand just how much the community wants answers, and we are asking everyone to be patient as the investigative process unfolds. We remain confident we will find Maddie and bring her home to her family. During this week, over 100 law enforcement officers searched specific areas based on data and tips. They also confirmed that the van had been taken for forensic testing, but didn't confirm what or if anything had been found. Adam made another statement on April 12th that said, Over the course of the last 12 days, my family and I have been subject to a myriad of accusations regarding the disappearance of the mother of my children. During these last 12 days, I have cooperated with law enforcement at every turn including sitting down for multiple interviews with Winona County law enforcement. I did not have anything to do with Maddie's disappearance. I want the mother of my five-year-old and two-year-old to be found and brought home safely. I want that more than anything. Law enforcement advised me on April 2nd that they would not recommend that I attend press conferences or that I assist in the searches due to safety concerns. However, my non-attendance and silence has been inferred by many as a sign of apathy or worse. That could not be farther from the truth. I want Maddie home and for her to be able to be with our two children. God bless the Kinsbury family and please bring her home safely. So around that time, Maddie's family also made a statement. I'll put the whole thing on the blog because it is quite long, but but basically it just goes through about what a nightmare this has been for them. It says, nothing in life prepares you for this. It's been a walking nightmare with no respite. Eating is a mechanical act we force ourselves to do in order to keep our strength up so we can continue to advocate and search for Madeline. Um, And then it goes on. It says, from time to time, and as we see the need, we use social media to encourage and inform large groups of volunteers helping us search. We've been overwhelmed by the dedication and expressions of love demonstrated by the huge circle of warriors she unknowingly gathered around her. And it goes on how they will continue to search for her. You know, they're not giving up. Megan, who's Madeline's sister, spoke to Fox 9 as well and she said Maddie is very bright, kind, hardworking and giving. She's a wonderful mother to her two children. She never judges me or anyone else and she accepts people for who they are. So on the day that these statements were all coming out, um, which was April 12, a judge made the decision that the children would remain in the care of Winona County Health and Human Services. The order read in part, the children shall remain in their current placement at this time as it is in their best interest. So they obviously made the decision that it wasn't in their kids' best interest to be returned to Adam. Also interesting. Mm. You would think like I know, I don't know, like even in terms, like I keep referring back to Suzanne Morphew, but they always try and keep the kids with a parent or at least a family if, you know, a family member if at all feasible. So there's obviously a reason in this case why they're thinking it's not great for the kids to be with Adam and his family. Yeah, like it's worse for them to be with them than to be with total strangers basically. So the searches still continue for Madeline and they are actually still going on now. Like we're at a month since she's been missing On April 14, canines and dive teams looked for her. 20 firefighters also searched for her on this day and they used drones to look, you know, to see if they could find anything in the search. Specialised dive rescue teams participated on April 15th and on that day, Winona County Emergency Management again asked for the public's assistance. They said, we encourage the public to continue checking your properties and being alert when out hiking, hunting and fishing. Police gave another update on April 17. They said the investigation is active and ongoing. We are not prepared to identify a suspect or person of interest at this time. We are continuing to follow several paths of inquiry as we work to determine what happened to Maddie and if warranted, hold accountable the persons or person responsible for her disappearance. 
Well, a young mother from Winona has now been missing for one week. Law enforcement is ramping up search efforts now for Madeline Kingsbury with hundreds of volunteers helping out today. Mass searches are now taking place in Winona and Fillmore counties. Searchers walking through farm fields, rough terrain and rural areas hoping to find any sign of Maddie. Well, I have a granddaughter the same age, so I thought it was important that I uh, come out here. If it was my child uh, or anyone in my family, I would want the entire world looking for her <laughs> or them. Yeah. So um, just an obligation, I think, between Winona County and Fillmore County and all the volunteers. Yeah, officials are asking people living in Winona and Fillmore counties to check their properties. If you see anything out of place or unusual, please contact police. So there was an article released about this time from people. It spoke about the living situation between Madeline and Adam. Megan spoke to them and said that they were no longer romantically together. According to this article, Madeline was looking for another place to stay, but she was going to stay in Winona so that they could co-parent together. So it seems like they were at least, Madeline was at least trying to be amicable and work on co-parenting, but they weren't going to be living together any longer. What what should we know about his relationship with your sister? Um, you know, that also we're not commenting too much on except for what's already out there. Um, you know, they were no longer in a romantic relationship. Um, and, you know, the plan was to co-parent. Um, they were going to be living separately, but stay within the vicinity of each other for the kids. Um you know, they had struggles like everybody else, but um, they were no longer romantically involved. Uh, again, you don't have to share this, but I do. I am curious, has law enforcement shared with you at the very least, they might not have even identified a name. Have they shared that they might have a person of interest or a potential suspect or have they not heard anything about that yet? You know, at, at this time, we have the same info as the public as far as that is concerned. I know that they're gathering information to try to get to that point, but at this time, they haven't named named a suspect or person of interest to us. And one of the reasons I mentioned Adam Fravel is because, as we earlier reported, um, the kids were taken by social services and there was reporting that he was not cooperative and he wouldn't g- g- give the kids over. What is the status of the children right now, if you can tell us? All I can say about them um, is that, you know, I can confirm they're no longer with um, Adam, but they're in good hands and they're safe. Um, Myself and my family, we've seen them and and they're doing really well considering. So the areas that were being searched for Maddie became flooded on April 18th. Volunteers were asked to stay away as it was too dangerous. And also on this day, a neighbor spoke to Fox 9 and said on the day Madeline vanished, her van had been seen backed into the driveway. He said that he'd never seen the car parked like that before and that by that point, the police had placed cameras in the driveway of the home to monitor it. So that's what I kind of meant. I wonder if that happened around that 4 p.m. on April 1, if they put cameras around then to kind of see what was going in and out of the house. Yeah, Um, maybe. But the van being backed up is interesting to me. It kind of reminded me a little bit of Gannon, how she, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she backed it into the garage. I'm assuming, you know, if if it comes out that Adam did have something to do with this, that he backed it up so he could put things in the trunk without having to go around to the front of the car. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that would be my thinking on why the car was backed up. Yeah. It's like why why suddenly do it now? Yeah. So on April 23, 60 people showed up to search. There was a Facebook page 
there was a Facebook post made after that that said we were able to cover way more ground than expected because of all the amazing humans who showed up. We appreciate each and every one of you. So on April 26, which is just literally a few days ago, police again asked property owners to keep an eye out. They asked, they were asked to report old wells, homesteads, windmills and sinkholes. I believe that records weren't kept for the area before around 1925. So anything since then, police would have known to search, but anything kind of built prior to that isn't known. So they've asked people to kind of report what those things, if they've got them on their properties. Mm-hmm. And they've also kind of made a method for searching. If a landowner consents to their land being searched, they've been asked to display a blue check mark in a prominent place on the property. And after the property has been searched, volunteers or the homeowner will put a blue ribbon around the mailbox to indicate that it has been searched. It sounds like a very rural area. They've obviously got lots of massive properties with lots of places that things could be found, I guess. Um, I like that idea, though. It's a cool hmm. system. I've Seems never heard very anyone efficient, doing efficient that. Rather yeah. Than, yeah. And I feel like a lot of the people I feel have been very open and have let their land be searched. I have read comments that say Adam's family will not let their land be searched. Do you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. I, I know there's been search warrants served. I, I'm not entirely sure of what exact properties have been searched, but it sounds like there is some resistance from them. Yeah. Um, so as we kind of, that's kind of it up to date in the timeline and the search for Madeline. I've just had a look. There aren't any real updates as of the time of recording. She's always, she's almost been missing for a month now. Um, in a few days, it'll be a month. I have read some comments online that say rivers and kind of lakes in the area are starting to thaw. So it is expected maybe that something will be found soon. Um, in terms of discussion in this case, as we mentioned before, Adam's family have been posting a lot online. There's one comment from a lady, she wrote, and it's kind of addressing Adam. It says, why did you report she went to work? You ran errands. Where? Just say where she is. It's becoming obvious that you hurt her. And he responded, hi, maybe work on your reading comprehension before accusing me of hurting the mother of my children. Like things like that. So he's he's going on, you know, these discussion groups and forums and addressing people who are calling him out. The same with his father. Someone wrote they were kind of talking, I guess, online about the relationship between Adam and Madeline. Someone wrote she wasn't married, and the day she went missing is the day her ex was supposed to move out. They were living as roommates with a third girl until he find a, could find a place. Is what I read. And then Richard, who's Adam's father, got on and said they were neither moving out until the end of end of May. Quit guessing what you know. Um, someone wrote her, his father owns some farms and they need to allow the police to go there. There's all, um, kind of rumors that his family may have pigs on their property. I have read that is probably not true. Um, but again, there's just so much back and forth and rumor and speculation. That middle comment is the dad too. Oh yeah. Sorry. I missed that one. So he wrote, what a dreamer. I have allowed all four searches on all my properties and fully cooperating with investigators. You're believing the media. Um, there's a comment from Adam's sister. Someone wrote, her hubby knows, ask him. And then the sister wrote, what hubby? Are you confused? The person wrote, oh, I'm sorry, the children's father, your brother. He knows exactly where she is. The sister replied again, go write your speculations on the appropriate group page. Do you know both personally both families? If not, shut your trap hole. Have a good night. Um, so there is, I know there's speculation that there's a fake account by the name of Will Williams that is brand new. It's going around and commenting. I know people are speculating that it's likely Adam's family. We have no way of knowing if it really is or not, but it'll be interesting to see what comes out. 
Um, and Ryan, who I believe is Adam's brother, he has also been commenting online. Someone asked, have they searched the townhouse attached to hers? And he wrote, what about a poor young man that attempted suicide the same day as Maddie disappeared? That's weird. So I guess he's kind of insinuating that this person may have took their lives or attempted to take their lives because of being involved in her disappearance. Yeah, seems like it. Seems like a, they're just going around in circles, kind of trying to start rumours, trying to deflect, I guess, the attention off their own family. I have read that there was someone who did take their life on the same day, but basically it seems pretty much to be unconnected. It's just I always try to think about how I would feel like if I was Adam's family or like on the other side of it to try to be empathetic, I guess, where if it was my family member being accused of something like this, obviously I'd want to stand up for them. But just like never, anytime I've seen any of these in these situations, the family of the accused um, commenting on social media, it just never comes off well. It's never a good look. And it just kind of adds more fuel to the fire. And then people get more riled up and more people start commenting at them. And it just causes such a mess. So it's just, I don't know. Now that you said it, it actually, even that part of it does remind me of the Josh Powell, Stephen Powell type thing where, you know, they'd be online and going back and forth and Mm-hmm. Just like I feel like even if even if the family do really believe that Adam is innocent, maybe he is innocent, but, you know, if they do really think that, like just there's no need to be – you're just feeding the fire by commenting. Yeah, you're like, just making it worse. Yeah, it's it's abs- – and especially saying things like shut your trap hole, that's not ever going to go down well with the, you know, general public. Yeah, they don't seem to be the classiest. No. Um, but, yeah, the best option would be to just keep your mouth shut for the most part. I'd say, but I don't know. I try not to point fingers too early on because I think I've said before, one, I hate being wrong, so I don't like to (laughs) make a guess or point my finger at anyone too soon, at least publicly. We've been wrong before. Like, Remember the case with um, the woman, you'll remember the name, the woman who everyone thought it was the daughter and the boyfriend because she was found like burned holding onto a tree after going to the dollar store. Uh, and yeah, they said Debbie, it was a suicide. Debbie Collier. Debbie Collier. Yeah. yeah. Everyone thought it was the, the daughter and the boyfriend because they seemed like a little trashy and needed money or something. And turns out it wasn't, but I still have a lot of questions about that one, but still you just never know. It could be something crazy, but I will say in my opinion, things aren't looking so great for Adam. I feel like this is a good place for us to put in the Insta. We asked on Instagram if anyone had been following the case, what they believed was likely going to be the outcome. (laughs) And I would say 99.9% of the comments are about Adam. The father of her kids killed her. He didn't even go out looking for her when she disappeared. It's the baby daddy. Gives me Watts vibes. He was the last to see her in the van. It says 100% the husband. She logs into her work computer, then nothing. A mum wouldn't leave her cell phone. So that goes along the way, the what we were mentioning before about her being a remote worker. I've heard two different things with that, though, because I, I didn't say anything before because I was just skimming through comments where someone, maybe she worked part remote because that person's saying remote, but then I saw someone else on the, what was it, the Minnesota subreddit where people were talking about it, saying that she had to go into work at some point for a meeting or something. I don't know, unless it was a remote meeting and they misunderstood. Someone wrote, all I know is that her husband's timeline and story make zero sense, which is what we were mentioning about before. Literally every single comment, one, yeah, is about the family thinks it's the ex. I think he transported her body elsewhere by means of her van. Hope she's found soon. I do think the police found evidence or something. 
Someone said they were actually in a mother, like a mum Facebook group with her, and apparently she shared a lot about how terrible Adam was. I would bet everything that it was him. I'm heartbroken over it. Hmm. I'd love to see those posts. Mm, I well, I did ask her if she could send them to us, but she hasn't yet. So maybe she will eventually still. But um, someone, which I think, and someone else wrote this theory, which I think is probably what happened. They said they dropped the kids off, went home, got into a discussion about the breakup, and he killed her. Mm-hmm. Someone else said that they believe the brother may have been in, helped him move the body, which that the family are covering up. Again, based on their kind of behaviour, I wouldn't be surprised, but it's all speculation at the moment. The, like I just I can't really see in this case another alternative. I don't like mm-hmm. the police have said that she didn't leave the house on foot or in another vehicle, so you know, that indicates that they believe very strongly that she didn't leave of her own accord, like she didn't run off, she didn't, you know, have a partner somewhere else that she's run away to be with. I feel like sometimes there is that possibility, but in this case I really feel like that isn't what happened. I feel like internally the police already yeah. know that 100%. Adam I is wouldn't be surprised if the there's suspect. some arrest coming soon, surely. I feel like they're just trying to line it all up. Yeah, I feel like they... They obviously have already found some evidence. There's, I feel like they, there's stuff that they know already, obviously. But even with like Chris Watts, they knew pretty early on that he <laughs> had a lot of red flags and was very suspicious. But sometimes they let them go about just to gather more evidence against them, see if they mess go up back. anymore, see if they say something dumb. Even when we See if they lie more. spoke about in the Gannon episode about how T actually probably moved Gannon's body. Like I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of the time they're hoping for something like that. They're, they're hoping that, you know, they quickly stashed a body, for example, and need to go and move it. They just it's I feel like that would be easier for them to do than rather than take them into custody and then try to prove it in some t- in, you know, some circumstances. Yeah, like people do crazy things when they start to panic and they feel under pressure. So you never know. He could start Googling things like oh murdered my girlfriend now what which is what they they all seem to do i always remember in the watts case remember how they showed him the cctv and he he knew he was busted then (laughs) that his look on his face (laughs) because he he didn't know they had that and he was just like "Hmm." (laughs) he's like Hmm. and i think he like put his hands behind his head like oh god you know and then the neighbor was the one who brought it over and the neighbor was standing there like yeah it's weird right (laughs) (laughs) I know it's it's we're not obviously like that was a horrible crime we're not laughing about that but we're laughing about what a dickhead Chris Watts is <laughs> yeah like whenever we laugh about these things it's just because these people are are such like smug they're ridiculous dickheads. yeah ridiculous like I feel like yeah exactly they think they're going to get away with it and just the smallest thing slips them up unexpectedly and it's entertaining they think they're really really smart but they're very much not but um I was going to say what we were talking about before was how I feel like they already kind of are on to him, but they also have to think about trial and like having to prove this without a reasonable doubt. So they need all the evidence they can get. Might as well. I mean, they're still looking for her, so may as well let them free since they seem to not want to keep their mouths shut. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. As as we did mention, as of the time of recording, which is April 27th, Madeline is still missing. They are still planning to search for her this weekend. I believe that some of the flooding has let up. And as we mentioned, things seem to be kind of thawing out a bit as the weather gets a bit warmer. The next custody hearing in this case is planned for May 15. So that's about two weeks away, or just over two weeks. I feel like the thawing won't make a huge difference though because wouldn't it have still been frozen yeah well that's March what 31st? i also thought like someone wrote someone actually 
like went out of their way to send us a message and said, I think she'll be found soon because things are thawing. And I thought, oh, well, I wonder if they were frozen at the time. But maybe they just mean it's easier to like walk around. Yeah. Yeah. Like to search. Yeah. And like, you know what? I'm sure, like, I'm just obviously thinking out loud here, but in terms of like rivers and lakes, maybe there was a part that wasn't frozen and he somehow got her in there and then it did freeze. Like, like yeah. yeah. I just think the thawing will make things easier. And un- like, you know, even if there's snow in the area, for example, maybe she's under something that will be uncovered once the snow melts and things are um, easier to see. Yeah. I do. I do think she's probably deceased. Sadly, um, yeah. I feel like it's not going to be a good outcome for this case. Agreed. I don't think she'd leave her children based on everything that I've read about her character and what was going on in her life. Yeah, or have no contact, or she would have had to leave by some other means. Like people would have seen her. Other people would be involved. So yeah. Um, but if there is an update by the time this episode comes out, we'll put in some clips here just to keep it updated. Otherwise, I think that's really it. Yep. So yeah, we'll put a clip here. If anything else happens, we will post, you know, any little smaller updates, social media posts, the family talking online. We'll post them on Instagram and our Facebook and all that. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at True Crime Society. We'll have a blog on this at truecrimesocietyblog.com. Hi, Peep. You're here to say bye? (laughs) Right on schedule. Nice of you. (laughs) Um, You can follow our personal accounts if you want to see some more of Peep in action. Mine is stephsum underscore. Olivia's is TCS Olivia. You can follow us there. Um, If you're listening on Spotify, make sure you follow us on there. Like there's a little button that you can actually hit follow. It's a big help to us. So please do that. And you can answer any of you could like comment on the episodes now and all that. Very fun. So if you're listening on there, do all that. You can leave us reviews, ratings, follow us everywhere, all the things, all that. You guys know. Peep. (laughs) All right. Well, sounds like someone is hungry. So... (laughs) Thank you guys for listening. Um, We'll be back next week. Stay safe out there, everyone, and peace out. See ya.